So today I want to talk about a trip to Sedona and the vacation that changed my life for the better. My daughter had decided that she wanted to take me on this retreat to Sedona that she had attended the year before. She, I must explain, is a Reiki master and understands the world of spirituality a lot better than I do. So anyway, as a gift, she decided to take me along on this trip to Sedona. So on the way down, I'm asking her questions and she's being very aloof and not really answering any of my questions as Courtney, what do we do down there? Uh, do we meditate? What types of things do we do? Needless to say, she didn't tell me anything. So as we're driving into Sedona and my fear of the unknown, the first thing I wanted to do was find the closest restaurant that served the best margarita in the world, just in case this was going to help me through this life-altering experience. We then went to this absolutely gorgeous uh, resort and it was back in the canyons and we were lucky enough to get a room that was really far back in the canyon and almost elevated and it was it's it was breathtaking it was just very hard to describe but it was absolutely gorgeous so the first night we meet everyone and it's really kind of nondescript initially and then we go to the meeting room we walk in and i was astounded at the number of women that were there I don't know. I don't know what to expect at these retreats, but I thought, oh, maybe 15, 20 people. There had to be 40, 45 women at this retreat. And then we met the facilitators who Courtney had known um, from the year before. Uh, extremely very nice women, very astute, uh, very knowledgeable in their in their field. And we all kind of introduced ourselves. And I thought, well, this is this isn't too bad. And then we have exercise number one. This began my journey of my life altering experience. So basically they form two circles and there's an inner circle of women. And then there's an outer circle, excuse me. There was one physician there. He was a physician. Did he have a near death experience? Do you remember? He did, and then he was, he wrote the book. He wrote the, this gentleman wrote a book about a near-death experience. So he was our token gentleman in the sea of all these women. So basically they, they form the first, the, the inner circle and then the outer circle, and then you, you face each other. And I'm thought, wow, how, how bad can this be? This is, you know, you're going to introduce and talk to the other person. Oh no, 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 that isn't what you do. So basically they pair you up with the person in the inner circle. I was on the outer circle and you hold this person's hands and you look into their eyes. And I thought, well, how bad can that be? You're, so you're standing there and you're looking and all of a sudden this wave of emotion comes up from your feet, up through your legs and just comes out your eyeballs in this wave of tears that you have no idea where it's coming from. I'm looking at this other person and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what is going on? 
why is this happening? I'm looking into this other person's eyes. They're looking into mine. That woman is crying. I'm crying. It is like we are looking into the depths of our souls. I wasn't quite sure what that meant, but the emotion that was coming out of me in this non-verbal exchange with this other human being was something that I can't even, I, I don't even know if, know if words could describe what it was. And I, I think the directions or the words that they were saying was something along the lines of when we were holding hands and looking at one another that uh, you weren't to talk, but you were to express to them, I see you, I feel you, I know you. I believe that was kind of the uh, intent of the direction. So mm -hmm. that's probably true. And you understood the direction. I, understand. <laughs> I had no idea what the instruction was other than to hold the hands, look into their eyes and you were supposed to feel or have some kind of an exchange. Huh. It was, I, I think you did kind of have that that sound come out of you too. It was kind of the giggle, chuckle, nervous laugh. Yeah. And then you quickly went into to crying. Crying. <laughs> uh, you know, this emotional, it, it was, I, I, I don't even know how to describe what it was. And but, I was crying right along with you. So I can't say that it's just you. Right. And so was everybody else. But if you, if, if any of you ever want to have this experience of, you don't know where it's coming from or what happens. I guess it's almost like when you um, say that, that statement of like, you are cracked open, like you're cracked yes. wide open. That's kind of what that is. It's like this emotional depth of, you have no ability to be aware in your brain logically of what is actually happening. happening. And, and really, again, I am a neophyte, a newbie. I've never been to one of these before. This was what a half hour <laughs> into the retreat. I thought, oh my God, if this happens in the first half hour, what in the hell is going to happen the rest of this retreat? So that happened to me and it was so emotionally provoking of depths of my emotion that I had no idea what was going on. So I think that that was basically it for the first night. It was. Because that really takes a lot out of you. Mm -hmm. You know, you you leave that room and, you know, you're, thank God, there, there must have been 50 boxes of Kleenex in this room because all we seemed to do was be running for boxes of Kleenex. And that was my very first experience at one of these spiritual retreats. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, now I've got to go back to my room. I've got to collect myself and have a, you know, a good night's sleep. And wow, thank God that was the hardest part. That was over. Oh, hell no. Then came day two. And what did we do again? Well, it day started two? in the room. So each morning we started in the room and they kind of were giving, um, not a lecture, but more of a no. conversation. Conversation. Yeah. So, you know, asking us questions, all of us being able to kind of pass around the microphone and, and, you know, be oh, able yes. to express, you know, whatever they, it was, who we were, mm -hmm. what we were doing there. 
And it was interesting because that was probably the first time introducing ourselves that they realized that we were a mother and daughter duo that decided to come to this retreat, which was kind of very unexpected. Uh, Most of the people, the women in the room were like kind of aghast Mm -hmm. at like, oh my God, you brought your mother? And to Courtney, because she and I, at this point of our lives, we do a lot of things together. So for us, this wasn't foreign. It's like, right. What do you mean? Doesn't shocking to us. No, it was like, what do you mean? Doesn't everybody bring their mother to an emotional retreat, you know, to find her new inner self? Well, no, it doesn't happen. That isn't what they do. And then we went to the vortex. So we we did a little hike. Well, we first, we, we did a little meditation right in there. And then, and then they said, we're going to the vortex to do another meditation to at another, the top of the vortex, right at the top of the vortex. And I thought, wow, this is great. We're going to go on a little hike. And this place is absolutely was enchantment resort enchantment resort. resort in Sedona, which I believe is pronounced Boynton Canyon. Boynton Canyon, I think. In, in that. Uh, if you ever get the opportunity to go there, the it is right at the front of the resort, so you don't have to stay in the resort. You can actually go to the spa and park and, and walk, walk up that walk the vortex walk up to the vortex. So I thought, oh well, this is really good. So all the ladies get together and we're walking up and we, you know, walk up to this vortex and you're sitting. And if, if you've ever been any place in Arizona or specifically Sedona though, you know, they have these beautiful peaks where you can go and sit and, you know, just it is kind of energetic, but you're not quite sure Mm -hmm. what the energy is that you're feeling. I've only been to one other outside of Phoenix, maybe 30, 35 years ago. And I, you can almost, as you're walking up to the vortex or the area that they call the vortex, you, even if you're not a very emotion, uh, sorry, and energy type person, you kind of have a different feeling. You're not really sure what it is. something. Something you pick up, up on something. So Anyway, back to Sedona and the Vortex. So we get up there and then they tell us, ladies, okay, now everybody climb to the top of this peak and, you know, find your little spot and you're going to sit down and, you know, we're going to meditate. And then they, they, the two facilitators, they lead you in this meditation and you're, you know, you're sitting there. And then while I was sitting there, I was getting kind of a warm feeling. I wasn't quite sure. Was it that because the sun was beating down on me and it was like 95 degrees or what was happening? But I knew something felt different and I had my eyes closed because that's what they told you to do. So I'm following the instructions. My eyes are closed. I'm sitting there. I'm trying to meditate and doing all of that. And I believe they were playing music. Mm -hmm. So there was some really beautiful kind of ethereal type music playing. And I meditated for a few minutes and then I opened my eyes and I had, I don't know if it was, it it was a very life altering experience for me. As I looked across this, this small Canyon, there was another hillside there. And as I'm looking across, I see my father 
standing in full body form as though I could just walk over and touch him. And now my father had passed away seven years before that. And there I am. And there he is. And now I am in a world of emotion. It was fear. It was fright. It was, do I run away? What do I do? What is this? And I closed my eyes and I thought, oh my gosh, what is happening to you? And I opened my eyes and he was still there. And I don't even know how to describe what that emotion felt like. My father and I were very, very close. And it was like, he was coming back to tell me, well, it's okay. You know, you can enter into this world because it, it's all right. It's not scary and it's not fearful and it's not things that people might tell you. And so that was my experience in the vortex becoming very, very in touch with I don't even know what would you call it. Is it your e emotions, your spirit, your touch with spirit, touch with, and I don't know who I, or why he, he came to me, but I think it was because I needed to have some kind of closure maybe with him having, you know, passed away. And because of the fact that we were very close, I, I don't know, but it was a life that was, life-altering number one experience for me at this after the emotional breakdown after the emotional breakdown the night before right and then so then we get back to the hotel and we're you know we're sleeping or attempting to sleep and I was having these like dreams and dreams and dreams and all I could see was a wolf. Everything in my dream that night was a wolf. He was coming, he was going, everything. And then I told Courtney the next day, it was like, I don't know what is going on, but all I see is a wolf in my, my dreams, which then turned out to be when I talked to the facilitators and some of the other people is my spirit animal. And Again, hello, I had no idea what a spirit animal was, but being in that environment now brought this into my dreams. So, okay, that was life-altering experience number two. And a little side note, because I need the, the uh, listener to know that when we did get our little break to go shopping, because we were in the resort and we were in the meeting room and doing all these exercises, it wasn't like you got to go around Sedona and go shopping. Right. So we got a small little break. And when we went into the store, you walk in and there was the glass it sculpture was of the wolf. wolf. There and was... Two, there was one glass sculpture and it had this wolf head physically mm, carved right. into the glass. And then there was another one that almost looked kind of like an iceberg and embedded inside of it was that wolf. And so I was, uh, I have to be honest, I was a little freaked out because I walked in and my, there they were right in my face and I couldn't. I couldn't walk right up and say, oh, that's my spirit animal. I'm going to buy it. It was like, Courtney, I need to go have a margarita. I need to think about this. I need to get away. I need to understand all of these emotions and everything that was happening to me. And I was feeling other things. I was feeling, at some points, I was feeling very heavy. 
And then I was feeling like really hot. I was feeling very warm. Then the next minute I was feeling very cool. I wasn't quite sure what was going on, but it was a lot of upheaval going on in my life. So we walked away and then came back later. And of course I ended up buying the the wolf sculpture and the other wolf in the, in the little iceberg. And then we went back to the hotel and now we're up to day three. Three. So now day three is called something. What is it called? Shamangelic breathwork. Shamangelic breathwork. If they say that word to you, run. <laughs> but it's a good thing because now yeah. you would do it again. I would do it again now, but <laughs> we... I definitely didn't tell you a thing about this because it was my favorite from the year before, along with the medicine wheel. Right. Because I couldn't explain it. Even if I had tried to, you know, tell you about it, I had, I would have no idea the words to try to explain, explain. It to somebody. Right. It's I wouldn't this, either. This process, it's this breath work where you, they tell you exactly how to breathe. And then it, it felt very quick too. It was just like, boom, you were in this like different all well, alternate well, that right. Place. I don't know. Well, you, you got did. there a lot quicker than I did. <laughs> yeah, because well, you they kind of see it, right? It right. was like when you did this breath work, it took you to whatever time in your life, and it almost took you to that spot, and then you relived it in a way to see it for, I guess, the the release and the clearing and the healing that is what this okay. angelic breath work is. In my medical perspective, it was shortness of breath, and I needed some <laughs> oxygen. Is what it was. Because they put you in this circle. So, okay, so now all your heads are facing in, into the center of the circle. And this woman is incredible. This Anahata from Sedona, she comes and she does this shamangelic breath work. So you're breathing and, you know, they tell you how to breathe. And you're doing that. And you're like, oh my God, if I was standing up, I'd pass out and fall over. And then it was the music. It yes. was their they had live drums. drums. So there are these yeah. drums that are beating and they're beating and they're beating and you're breathing and you're trying to breathe to the beating and all of this. And then Anahata comes around and she play, she doesn't touch you, but she places her hands and your eyes are closed and she places her hands like over your head, around your shoulders, maybe further down, your, you know, your arms and your sides. And she tries to energetically, I guess, yeah, I would help say you assisting or the facilitator, facilitate, helping you to breathe and go to the depths of your bowels <laughs> because you you are breathing you go deep somewhere somewhere someplace. down to your toes you are breathing and these drums are beating and beating and you're you're just i mean you are so you're like vibrating with all of this well then the other part of it is that if you need a little assistance to help you through this journey they take this glitter and they come to your forehead and they drop a little bit of glitter or anahata. And I, I didn't remember that from the year before. Yeah. So, that's so this what was made really better. Right. So they drop this little bit of glitter on your forehead. And while she's there and she's going to help you work through this energetic 
maze of feelings, whatever it is. So they're beating and beating and you're crying and you're laughing and you're, you, 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 I don't know. Yeah, they're like goes through a ton of different ton. Some people are screaming and laughing and carrying on and others are in this deep hysterical, hysterical crying. crying and... so, but it's also interesting that no matter what's going on in the room, you're still able to be in your own little mm -hmm. space where you're not necessarily getting completely taken out of, you know, where you are because of other people's. Right. Yeah, exactly. So now you have all these people. So now the drums start, they become less and less and less and less. And now you're going to, you know, basically to me, it was almost like a trance situation. You're going to, you know, come out of this trance and then, you know, then everybody is okay. Take a deep breath. And now, you know, just you're back in the room, you're back in the room, you're back in whatever. And then we all stand up <laughs> I look like a Christmas ornament. Best thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm I am covered <laughs> with glitter from my head, my entire face, my chest, my body, my arms. All these women, these 39 or 40 other women are looking at me like, <laughs> oh my God, what happened to you? I was, I needed so much help that she dumped the entire thing of glitter from my nose to my toes. I've never seen anything like it, but it was, no. you looked beautiful. I looked gorgeous. <laughs> Let me tell you, I showered for three days and I still had the glitter. Okay. So we have the shamanjelic breath work experience and now we're wrapping up the day and we go into our celebration. So then we had this uh, event the last night where everyone, all the ladies got together and you all wear white and we sit around and we talk to each other. And then you get up, they give you a microphone and you get up and you talk about your experience and kind of how you're leaving different, how you're leaving different. And for me, there was, I, I couldn't, I, I almost couldn't describe it in words because I felt like the the woman that came in to this retreat was not the woman that was leaving. I um I can understand why they have you wear white because I felt like I came in in a black outfit and I was leaving completely different, lighter, happier, emotionally. Uh, I don't even know. Emo I was emotionally content um, and. That was the best way that I could describe it. But it was interesting for me because the fact that Courtney and I were there together as a mother-daughter uh, situation, that the other women were drawn to me and felt, you know, I was almost that shoulder to cry on that I wished my mom had come and gone through this experience with me so that she could understand more about me as a person. It certainly did help me understand more about Courtney and her role in this world and our lives together, that she really is this Reiki and energy healer. And now it was easier for me to understand that she, you know, her, her feelings and her emotions and how the two of us could interact together in a much better situation than it happened to us before. And 
as we were leaving, I was talking to a lot of women and they were asking me, well, what should I say to my mom? So, you know, of course, I was trying to give them some little motherly advice about, you know, just pick up the phone and call your mom and, you know, talk to her and you start the conversation and you put the foot forward and you make the first move. And um, I'm hoping that a lot of them did do that. But on the way back on the drive out of Sedona and when we were leaving, I, I know that I definitely felt like a different person. I felt that I could communicate with people on a different level. I, I had learned not to be as verbally aggressive um, as I had been in the past. And over the weeks and the months that followed, I could see the difference in my relationship with my family, specifically with my husband and also with the women that I worked with and even my friends. It was a lot easier for me to be more forgiving um, in things that might be said or conversations that we had that maybe I felt initially in the old, the old days, pre-Sedona, um, I might have been a little more aggressive in my response to them, but now it wasn't. I looked at people and women in a different light. It's almost like you're looking at their, their soul and not so much their physical being but you're looking at them almost kind of more of an ethereal type of situation where you're, you're looking at the whole person and not just the shell of the person. Um, Sedona changed, changed my life completely, which led me eventually to believe that there was a place to have a peaceful existence center was needed in the world where people could make this kind of transformation and know that it's okay to be one person, but that there is a place for some spirituality in our life. And I'm not saying that you have to be a total spiritualist, you know, where you're, you know, reading um, affirmations and mantras every day. You just have to know how to blend it within your everyday living which is what I've learned how to do. And I know that it's made me a, a better person. And I would hope that my family and my friends would, would feel the same way. Uh, but I would really, really encourage anyone that has the opportunity to go to a, a retreat where you can delve in and find your inner soul and your inner self I really would encourage people to do that because it certainly makes you a more confident and a happier person.